Puddles in the morning, puddles in the evening, puddles in the afternoon. I'm a puddle boy and she's a puddle girl. The puddles podcast is starting real soon. Oh man, welcome to uh, Puddles with Andrew Collin. I'm Andrew Collin, aka Puddle Boy, aka Dry Dick, aka Poo Pants, aka Tickle Cock, aka Garbage Face, aka Mice, aka Twelve Falls, aka Old Gray Balls, aka TC, aka AKA Quarantine Borantine. What's up, dude? Uh, it's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I've never been able to introduce someone after I go on that run, but you know, my nine fans love it. You know, nice. Yeah, so uh, that beautiful voice that I'm so fucking jealous of. Oh, I mean, listen man. to this. Listen to my fucking lispy little gay man I voice. I have a lisp, though, too, which is I have a deeper voice than you, but I, I have a lisp. I had to see a speech therapist when I was a kid. My parents sent me to a, a speech therapist. How long did that last? I mean, Not I did long. that, too, but I think she gave up and killed herself. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I saw I a guy named, I'm not, I shit you not, his name was Dr. Blaustein. And I'm like, could you have a harder name for a kid with a lisp? This is brutal. <laughs> Maybe that's how he got into it. He was just sick yeah. of fucking hearing his name pronounced wrong. He's like, we got to change the world. Uh, Sam Morell is with us. If you don't know who he is, uh, he's an incredible comic. He has a special right now on YouTube. 1.6 million followers or million views. I mean, yeah. Crazy. Are you, are you, uh, does it make you that decision to produce it on your own? Has it been worth it? Because now you can't tour and, and use this viral like video. Right. Isn't it crazy? That was like my, <laughs> I w- my last road gig. I was in Royal Oak, Michigan at Comedy Castle. And I said, uh, on stage, you know, my opening joke was so, uh, you know, I put out this special for very little money and I did it so people would come out on the road. And I guess this is my last gig for quite some time. <laughs> You know, so dude, I was thinking rough. that I was like, dude, I mean, because it couldn't have gone. I just watched it today, uh, and I've saw parts of it before. And I mean, it's such a good fucking special, man. Thanks, man. It I, really it, is. Like you, you're, you you're walk, a fuck. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, you just walk back and forth between feeling great about like doing something kind of yourself. You know, I mean, Comedy Central ended up putting it up on their channel, so it's on. That definitely helped with views, but uh. You know, I put the money up myself. I got the team together myself to to shoot it, and uh, so that felt like a win. But then there's all the other part of you that's like, "Fuck! Why did no one want to make this? There's so many bad specials. Like, how no one wanted to make this? It's so true. You go back and forth of like, everyone's like Andrew Schultz model. You know, like do it on your own. It's like well, Schultz. Yeah. What Schultz did is more impressive because Schultz built like his YouTube following. So I I got help from so many comics were sharing this, and this was on the Comedy Central channel. Schultz really built his thing from nothing, so it's a different, it's a different thing. He, he built up a say, YouTube page. But I do think, like, his, he had a nice start. Like, I'm not trying to take away from him, but, like, the guy code thing and then Charlemagne the God being on that podcast was a nice base to jump off of. But sure, I'm, it's sure. Like, I'm just like, no, nah, he ain't shit. No. But he had the business savvy is what <laughs> I'm, I'm saying. Kidding, like, I'm kidding. Definitely... It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> just just but, take uh, it down, you know? But yeah, but no, no, so you did it on your own. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's tough because my last special, I, I did my last two at Comedy Central and they don't get the views that you hope that they get because of either ads or because maybe their model, they, they bury it a little more. Like my last one, I really fought to get it uh, on their website with no paywall. And they, you know, they said, you know what, We're g- we've never done this. We're going to do it. 
And then there was an ad every three minutes. That wasn't a part of it. They also said it was going to be on Amazon, which it wasn't. It, there was a lot of things. It is on Amazon, but you have to pay for it. And they said it was going to be just streaming. So I think a deal fell through with Amazon. So there's just a lot of frustrating stuff. So, yeah. so you put out this special that's like, you know, not everyone knows this, but it's a couple years of your life on the road. So then you put it out and you're like, well, no one saw it. I got paid well for the second one, but I didn't. No one saw it. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's no one saw it till I started clipping it up on, on social media. And then they say, you shouldn't do that. I said, well, if I don't do it, no one's going to see it. So who says you shouldn't do that? Like well, legally, legally oh. I'm not supposed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, like you and like guys like Mark Norman, you have such a fucking plethora of material to pull from, from your late nights. You've done like 30 fucking late nights. You have your three specials. I mean, to put that on Instagram and to have all that material to pull from, and it looks great. I mean, it's been a, great for you right like putting that shit it's up. helped it's yeah. helped a lot but it, yeah I, I mean I'm, I'm definitely grateful for the comics that have shared it and, and for everything i miss doing stand-up so much right now dude i mean it's it's crazy bro you're like the most diehard i had norman on and this was right before kind of like uh the internet connection is unstable all right i think we're good um is it on my end or your end because if it's my end i could i could do an ethernet cable i can plug in an ethernet if you want to pause it okay let's do that should we do that? I don't know. I think we're good now. I'll just have okay. him take this part out. But yeah, I mean, you probably get up like Nikki as well. Like you get up more than pretty much any comic I know. And you are more of an addict, I think, to joke writing and, and you know, just developing material. You got to be going fucking crazy. It's rough, man. I really miss it. I, I also don't know how to like, I'll tell my girlfriend, it might be I on your end. To, Shit. Like, develop jokes without doing that. Okay, you know what? Pause it. I'm gonna get the Ethernet cable real quick. All right. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, let's <laughs> oh, talk wait. about it. Let's talk about it. Well, no. So, um, not being able to get on stage. I mean, are you? I mean, the thing is, what I love about you is that there's no sports right now, and you're that's your like other passion. It's my escape. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, if there's no comedy, I can at least watch the NBA on TNT tonight. And they're like, no, we're taking everything. Uh, it's been rough. I, I lost like four months of road work, like most comics. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a bummer. You just, it, you, you scramble to stay creative. You scramble for ideas to make money. Uh, but it, it's going to be okay. I think I, I just hope that people take it seriously. Cause I think if Trump forces everything back too quickly, then it's going to set us back again. I don't know shit. I don't know anything, but I do know that every scientist is saying, don't rush it back. So but they're all saying, he's like, yo, Easter, we're having a fucking party, bro, in the streets. Uh, it's you know? every time Trump, he, Trump is like interrupting this doctor and he's like, let me take it from here. And we're like, no, let that guy talk. That guy's got the info. I love picturing Trump getting diagnosed with like terminal cancer. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll eat, I'll fucking eat a Big Mac and have a Diet Coke. I'll be fine. You know, Dude, it's like, yeah, he's the least. How, how are he and Biden not going to get it? They're both out so much. First of all, I think they've had it for a hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> Biden had it for like, a long time. Yeah, Biden was patient zero 30 years ago. Biden had the bubonic plague. <laughs> Biden's daughter went to Tulane. You know that? Did he? Yeah, did she? Yeah, she did. She was fun, too. I won't go into too much detail. I don't want to ruin the presidency <laughs> for him. That really, I mean, yeah, but every politician's kid is a kind of a nightmare, right? I'm sure. I mean, if you, yeah. if, you grow, if you grew up with any, you know. 
Well, I feel any like eyeballs on you and the kid of an actor, the kid of a pol- politician, especially because you're expected to be straight laced. Yeah, it either goes you either are perfect or you're a fucking disaster. And you kind of grow Giuliani's up. kid. I knew Giuliani's kid growing up. Yeah. Guy he or girl? To, he was a guy. He tried to kill me at like a, my parents sent me to like a Saturday morning, like baseball thing when I was a kid. And it was, it was like a summer one year. So every Saturday we went to like a baseball slash, like you'd swim, you'd do everything. His kid is actually a, a good athlete. He was a, he was a kicker in college, I think, but he was good at every sport. And, uh, I remember he got really pissed at me one day and tried to drown me. And like, I was underwater for a long time because he was one of those kids that was just fun to fuck with. Yeah. Why wouldn't you fucking die for your family? You know how much money they would have got? I mean, you're a selfish <laughs> motherfucker, dude. The Giuliani's man. <laughs> they really, they really went from being like, like Rudy after nine 11, everyone was like, this guy's a fucking hero. And then, and then. Right from when he ran for president on, everyone's like, this is the worst human being. <laughs> he kind of looks like the bat that started coronavirus. Doesn't he? He has <laughs> He looks like a bat. He does look like a bat. What, Isn't um, it weird that animals start all this shit? Like, we're like, animals are our friends. Bats, birds, pigs. Like, oh, it's always a fucking animal. But you know what doesn't? Uh, vegetables, fruit. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, maybe that's a sign, you know, not to, you know, shit on Joe Rogan's <laughs> elk eating, but, you know, well, maybe not, we should stop. Started. Yeah, I mean, elk. It's not, well, elk it's is. Not <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's not like we were out there eating bad, you know? <laughs> Speak for yourself. I've been sucking yeah, Giuliani's like, dick for a while. <laughs> dude, bad is, it's really. Uh, There's no meat on a bat. That's you're the right. thing. You're right. <laughs> It's it's, a it's like eating frog eat. legs. Why why do people eat frog legs? Oh, frog doesn't even taste good. <laughs> it's like bad chicken. Have you tried it? Everything is bad chicken. Everything's chicken really. Chicken's chicken. bad chicken. Yeah, chicken. So, and then you think about like food. Like it just depends the time you live in. Because I think back in the day, lobster was even considered peasant food. And now now it's like, can you imagine being like you poor piece of shit? Eat a lobster, and they're like, all right, why not? They, <laughs> They can't even crack it because they don't. They're like using a rock and a stick. That is a problem. <laughs> lobsters don't have enough meat for being such a high-end dish. They really don't have enough meat. I'm not a huge fan of lobster. I like lobster bisque, but I don't like. Don't give me the. I don't want it to look me in the fucking face. You know. What, and I don't what like makes a bisque a bisque? Why is bisque a bisque and not a soup? That's a good question. Maybe Blaustein would know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a bisque is very lispy word too. A bisque, um, and it's also. <laughs> I don't know, because all bisques are fucking good. I feel like bisque is like an elite club. Lobster, <laughs> tomato. It crab. might be a cream. I would assume it's a cream. It's got to be cream. I've never but, cooked in my life. Are you, are you a chef? What are you doing during this quarantine? I've been cooking like crazy. I, I've, I've actually, I feel like I've earned some points with my girlfriend because she didn't know I could cook at all. I, I told her I can't cook because she's never seen me cook. Because we were long distance. So, you know, if we made something, it was like very you know, very simple because we just want to hang out. But now we got all this time. So I've been making pasta sauces from scratch. I've been making, uh, I've been making, I made, I make a great chili. I made a huge chili. And How's she's, your and she's a vegetarian. So I've been making, my bat bisque is, uh, she's, she didn't, she doesn't look that good, right? She's coughing a lot, but she liked it when she ate it. Um, what hey, else? You got, but, so wait, so how long were you dating before this whole thing? Like I was you were in a long, long distance, distance relationship for about six months, and we, we saw each other a lot because 
we both live alone. So that that's enough for me to be like, I'm going to come out there and just hang out with you. And, uh, she, and she, so I come out here for a couple of weeks at a time and she do the same in New York. And, you know, I'm a little annoyed because in February I, I, I'm a New Yorker and I spent, you know, a lot of February out here. I was promoting my special a lot out here, but I was also, I was here a lot in between road gigs. I would just keep coming back to LA instead of New York. And I was like, you owe me for this. After this, we're coming to New York. And she was like, I promise. And then this hit. And I was like, you're never coming to New York again, are you? Bro, are you wearing Tevas now? Teva? No, I'm wearing, look at these. I'm wearing New York Knicks sandals. They're even worse than Tevas. I love it. You're like taking the LA culture, but you're like, nah, not yet, motherfucker. No, not yet. I, I, I wear my pride. I wear Knicks hats in LA a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but I you know what, L.A., I feel like they're, it's not like Boston where they'll, like, fucking stab you, you know? Oh, it's like, it's a bunch of, like, sad New York Jews who moved out <laughs> west who were like, you, you're one of us? Like, they're excited to see you. Yeah, so, if I get a movie every, deal. Dude, every meeting I have out here is the saddest meeting where they're like, they don't want to make a show with me. They ju- they're just lonely, so they want to talk. So they're like, all right, 5 p.m., come in. I'm like, 5 p.m., isn't that the worst time? And like, yeah, just come in. And then they're like, forget the show idea. Like, what do you think about Dolan and the Knicks? Like, what are they going to do? And I'm like, you just wanted to talk. You're lonely. Speaking we of Dolan. could have done this over FaceTime. I mean, the news last night. Now, I've read some of the comments. In the sports world, no one has empathy for this. Can you, like, explain to me why the hate for this man is so high where people want him dead? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go so far that I want anyone dead. That's a little much. I mean, well, there's I, millions. I know I, my, there's thousands I mean, of people that are like. First off, yeah. he, it's hilarious that people are like, he's going to die. Ha ha. And then it's like every article is like, he exhibits no symptoms. I'm like, you guys are idiots. He's fine. But uh, he, the Knicks owner has been a really bad owner. So a lot of Knicks fans want him out. And, uh, Look, I'm one of them. He's he he basically threw out Charles Oakley, who was every every Knicks fan my age and older favorite player. Everyone loved Oakley, Starks, and Ewing and Mace. That that was the team, and Derek Harper. Those were the guys. Oh, I fucking and, love uh, Anthony Mason. Mace was the man. Like that team, I loved them so deeply. Like I loved them so so much, and Al they were Harper. part of my childhood, dude. Yeah. It, fucking, it, I saw Mason play at my Jewish summer camp. I went to camp in the Catskills, and uh, they would have a game called the Maurice Stokes game, and that was like the gym. It was called Kutcher Sports Academy. It was there forever. There's a and uh, Mason, like some of these NBA players would come. Will Chamberlain came one year. I remember before he died, his knees were like he, he fucked like nine campers. He, yeah, he yeah. scored a hundred. He scored a hundred <laughs> in the NBA. Will Chamberlain scored four hundred and thirty-seven points in the Jewish league. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he said he fucked nine campers. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that but crazy? They were, to they be- were CITs. They were CITs. All right, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's counselor and training for all you non-Jews. No, I, I figured it was something counselor related. Well, <laughs> anyway, isn't that crazy that Will Chamberlain is known for being like most points ever in a game, and also he fucked the most? Like it feels like that should be a lazy player. <laughs> Wait, why would that be a lazy player if he's scoring a hundred in a game? Because it's too easy for him. No, how do you have all that energy to play? and put up buckets like that when you're fucking all the time. That's a good point. But I mean, maybe that pussy is the answer. Maybe that's where the, yeah, man. I mean, I've been late four times. I'm finally on tour, you know, (laughs) I don't know if that correlates, but you you mean, do you mean like since the outbreak or or total? (laughs) Yeah, total. No, no, I'm good. I've been getting a lot of pussy. Like I was finally getting pussy right. Like for the first time in my life, like constant great pussy. And yeah. then the fucking Corona was like, hey, bitch, here you go. 
You know, you, you know the what most I... pussy of anyone I ever know who who referred to it as pussy and refer to women as hey bitch. <laughs> They love it, dude. They love it. I fucking last night I was on Snapchat. So I've had this girl follow me on Instagram. She was gorgeous. Okay. I went to her Snapchat, her Snapchat. I thought she was like this good Midwestern girl. She's like swipe up for my, for my alternate account. She had a Snapchat, a a dirty cam girl. Oh my God. 20 bucks to follow it. Five bucks for her feed. And I'm fucking so lonely over here that I'm like, yo, why not follow a cam girl? (laughs) And oh, I got no. I got unlimited porn in my fucking computer. You know, what am I doing? And then I so I followed her feed for five to get a taste, you know, the appetite. Isn't that fucked up there's unlimited porn out there and not enough toilet paper? Isn't that fucked up? <laughs> now we gotta start coming into our hand. We can't be coming in a toilet paper. You gotta you gotta be smart about these resources, man. Yeah, because come in water, like in the shower, it just it doesn't go away. It just becomes this weird substance, yeah. doesn't it? It's yeah. soapy. It is soapy. <laughs> turns it like turns into that slime. Which is also running low. I mean, everything's running low. <laughs> so, do you? So you followed her on Snapchat? No, I followed her on the feed for five to get a taste of like okay. what the snap would be, and I got a taste. I uh, uh-huh. I ate the appetizer. <laughs> it was delicious, but it wasn't. So, I, but I didn't need the it main like course. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice bit. Yeah. And I uh, I came before the uh, main dish was so I was like you know what bring oh, back shit. the steak I don't need it right now but in a week but that's good that what that I didn't order it well you turn away the entree you save some money if it's a cam right yeah yeah but we'll see in a week from now there's a strong chance I'm my own I might be a cam boy I don't know dude cam cam camming is like the only job that didn't get hurt by this <laughs> no it's gone up so is this Zoom it's gone up this kind of shit Zoom, yeah but. Yeah, but you know, it's just, it, don't you feel, I feel weird asking people for money right now for like silly, like for a show, it's one thing, but like donate, to, like I just started doing a thing where like I miss doing, as you said, topical jokes. I used to always post topical jokes and that was like a way I could find new fans and I could write jokes and it was like kind of good for everything that I like to do. And a lot of those jokes are, they have a shelf life, so they didn't make my act. So I was like, what do I do? And I was like, well, I told jokes to my mom on the phone sometimes. Why don't I just Zoom my mom and post that? And it's like that. That's what I'm. It's like those are I great. Feel, but I feel weird asking people like, "Hey, give me money." I'm gonna start a Patreon for jokes I tell my mom. But fuck, maybe that's what you got to do now. I don't. I don't know, bro. I don't know. I think we're at a point where uh, it might become the new normal, at least for a little while. You know, I just like, feel that the people that are so poorly off right now, though, like I don't know, like I, I, I got, I wasn't week to week like a lot of these like uh, uh, you know restaurant workers or like. Uh, you know, there's healthcare workers right now who are just in harm's way. And like, I feel, I feel for people right now, man. I, don't, there, I feel like there's bigger things to be pushing. I don't know. Nah, dude, you're, I would say you got to sell those jokes for a hundred a pop, you know, really? A pop. <laughs> yeah. Content's king right now, bro. Content. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. I do feel very weird. Like I was literally about to launch my Patreon for this <laughs> podcast, like a week before, you know, this happened. Uh, and like I shot, like I recorded like four different apps to have it drop. And now I'm like, I can't ask for fucking, you know, 10, even 10 bucks, you know, people don't have it, but people love this shit, dude. This is all they're getting right now. Like making people laugh, like what you're doing on Instagram. I know it sounds so fucking cheesy, but it is, it's like refreshing new shit that they're getting at least during this. It's at least an escape. Like, like it's good to have 
an escape, but like, yeah, I mean, there's people doing, I mean, doing a, being a cashier right now, like, holy, when do they, when do they, like, they didn't sign up to join the fucking Marines. Like why? No. They're like, I, I, I want to work at CVS. I didn't want to fucking, this is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, they're like on the front lines. They're like, we were really on the back. We were like, <laughs> like we were not in this war. Like we were on the end of getting. It's like getting drafted as like a seventy-year-old man. You're like, what? Like this doesn't add yes. up. Yes. Um. So you're living with your girl, but like when you're long distance, don't you, don't you feel like oh, going sorry. to a grocery store now is like I don't know. It's like it's. I've ne I never thought I'd experience anything like this, but I feel like we're robbing a bank. Like we like we we're both like we're in the car we're putting on gloves together really quickly and i'm like all right let's be quick let's go in there it's it it feels so weird man you shot a guy too which was weird you know no we but yeah. we had to he was going for the last he was going for the last clorox <laughs> but yo you got to do what you got to do bro like no but i do feel mm. that way I, it is like i went and got my zoloft prescription from uh from walgreens and i felt like it was scary, man, especially here in New York. Like, like it is, it's, it's a fucking weird time. People are looking at each other. Like we all have it. Like, yeah. And it's like a zombie movie. It really is, dude. And like, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, ah, it's done. Like, this is fucking, don't you sometimes or like, yo, this is done. This can't no, be a real thing. Gloomy. It's really gloomy. And it's tough. Cause it's like hard to escape because I feel like everyone I'm living with someone and we kind of take shifts being depressed. We're like, you know, and it's tough when you're like, fuck, I was feeling good. She's depressed. I guess I'm back on the clock and the same for her, you know? So, and it's like, it's hard to be, usually when someone's sad, you're like, it'll be okay. And then you're like, you can't say that because every news report is like, there's going to be a hundred thousand to 200,000 dead. Uh, we're not listening to doctors. People are still going to parks. I mean, you're like, what are you doing out? Young what? people think they're invincible. They need, I was listening to one podcast said that young people need like the way, this is hilarious how they tried to relate this to young people. They were like, they need a Rock Hudson-like figure. I'm like, do young people even know who the fuck Rock Hudson is? I don't know who Rock but Hudson is. He was a famous movie actor that was secretly gay and he died uh, of, of AIDS. Okay. So they're like, they need a, they need a figure like, but that's like, they need a Rock Hudson-like figure. It's like, why not just say Edward G. Robinson or some other fucking actor that young people have no idea. Like even is, Tom but, Hanks uh, dying, they won't care. They need like someone in Fast and the Furious, you know. They need a young person. <laughs> Trump needs to like get. He needs to get like. Uh, he needs to get like a young actor in there. He's like, who can we sacrifice? Who like isn't important? Like Nick Cannon would be good because we're like, we won't miss Nick Cannon, but we'll still be like, oh fuck, that sucks that he died. You know, he's replaceable. That's or like point. a girl from TikTok, you know, yes. like a fifteen-year-old that's on the rise. You know, that's what they. <laughs> she dies on TikTok. But that, but like it gets a lot of likes. So she went, she now she has like, you know, she has those likes like, in heaven. She's even more mystique. <laughs> Everyone's doing the dead dance. You know what it's I mean? Fucking... Like that's how the world, like art is dead. You know, it's like we're all, I did the dances. That's how fucking lonely I am. You know what Not I mean? Not only art is dead, but also like think about like, fuck. I think about like the art world where like paintings will sometimes go for millions of dollars. You're like, who the fuck is doing that? Right. Like that's gotta be the first, did you see David Gaffin posted a thing on Instagram where, where he was like, he was like, just trying to say safely quarantined on a yacht alone. And you're like, this is the most super villain shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, is this where the soup? Cause David Gaffin's done a lot of great stuff, obviously. And he's donated to a lot of amazing yeah. causes, but you're like, you're a fucking psycho for this. It's like Epstein being on his island, being like, oh, I'm safe. I'm safe. Don't worry. All the girls are quarantined. They're all good. I tested all of them, you know? 
Uh, I mean, Jesus. but you like living long distance um, with your mm-hmm. girlfriend. I guess when you when you're long distance, it kind of speeds things up in a way because when you go visit yeah. them, you live with them, so you kind of have an understanding of that. But also, like, so not not only that, uh, but we talk on Facetime all the time, so you kind of you skip a lot of the times when you're just sitting there watching a movie together and not talking. So you kind of get to know each other a little more quickly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like a constant podcast with you two. It's like yeah, this. Dude. But it's I mean, a lot. I, I got to feel like, you know, you have you seen Love is Blind at all? No, I haven't. Oh, I haven't. Oh, well, Thank God whatever. I date someone with good taste who doesn't cram that shit down my throat. I have like male friends who are like, my girlfriend made me watch. I'm like, thank God she wants to watch good stuff. <laughs> but my analogy then won't. But what my point being is like the first week of quarantine sex had to have been pretty cool. Like, like we're stuck. Yeah. This is kind of hot. We're both like surviving. We're bank robbers, you know. But now yes. it's like to Bonnie sustain that. <laughs> yeah. But like to sustain that, it's got to be tough, right? Like, like yeah. it, it starts went, to. Yeah. It goes from Bonnie and Clyde to Revolutionary Road pretty quickly. <laughs> well, you know, no, I mean, look, sexually, don't don't get too kinky too soon, kids. <laughs> Work up to the pinky in the butt. Don't fucking go with it out of the gate. Yeah, if you're going fifth day quarantine pinky in the ass, you're you're gonna no. be divorced by the end of this. There's no There's way. There's not enough can... holes to sustain this thing. <laughs> I mean, we're running out of holes. <laughs> yeah, you just start fucking her ear. You're like, no, this is cool, baby. This baby, is our this... only hole left. <laughs> it's our only hope. What? Um. Yeah. So how is that? Like uh, everyone I know either is alone during this or they're like married with kids. Like you're right. in like a kind of a newish kind of relationship like yeah i mean is it making it stronger or people were saying we went to zero to 60 i'm like no we went to zero to like 160 because this isn't like living together living together one of you goes out sometimes this is like much i was talking to a friend who said no 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 i'm married this is not like being married this is much you go out and do things normally and you have your independence and you see friends like we can't really see friends yeah, it seems like though with you on Instagram, you're making that little show with the mm-hmm. the quarantine stuff. Like, and you guys are both like great writers, like great stand up comics. Like, I'm sure that's there's nice. like a lot of like jokes going back. It's like, I'm sure that's how you keep saying a little bit, right? Like, just fucking working on something together. Yeah, we had never been like creative like this before. I, she's nervous to run bits by me. I kind of don't really care as much, I guess. But she she doesn't love running bits by me she has a friend she does that with and like i had my own friends but i kind of if she says something bad i just trust her i don't really it doesn't really hurt in any way i don't know uh yeah but i trust her taste and then it's fun when she'll say an idea and i can like with these videos she'll say something and then i riff and she riffs and we're like we're kind of doing like a volley and we'd never done that before so it's kind of fun to put it out and it got it got to write up in like the daily beast and we got to mention the times today for it and so that's like my parents are like you got to mention the times and i'm like that's it's so funny that, like, to my parents at times, Trump's, like, anything. Like, I've done, like, Conan six times. I've done The Tonight Show. They're just like, yeah, whatever. I get, like, I remember I got a write-up in The Times once, and it was, like, not at all flattering. They were like, Sam Morrell, a club comic in an apartment show, like, came out of the gate a little too hard. And my dad's like, you got a write-up in The Times. I'm like, they shit on me, Dad. They, <laughs> they insulted me. He's like, but it's The Times. Like, they don't, they don't I feel care. like for Jews, The Times is, like, the Hall of Fame. Because we're not athletic enough to like that's making it for a yeah. jew like a witty jew i mean that's the i mean what's bigger than that you know i guess so, yeah. the new yorker I mean, 
Yeah, that's big. The New Yorker, but the New Yorker is almost like almost too elitist. Like the New Yorker is like Frasier, right? It's almost like it's almost like too too up there where you're like every joke is like a little too smug and I, and like I've never gotten one of them. <laughs> like every, I get them, but they don't make. I've never laughed out loud. Yeah, they're, they're they're not supposed to be laughed out loud at. They're supposed to like make you like kind of smile. Like, hmm. Mm, thanks, New Yorker. Thanks. I, I love those cartoons as a kid. I really did. Like, I thought they were like so witty, but yeah, I, I haven't read one for who can get a magazine anymore. Like you can't get mag. What am I going to wipe down every page? Holy shit. Yeah. That business is done. I mean, they say it doesn't stay on things like that, but still no one's going to pick up a mag. I mean, yeah, I but don't even getting mail. I mean, it, I feel like the book business was already struggling. Like Barnes and Noble, it already felt like you were visiting a grandparent when you went to a Barnes and Noble. Like you're like, this place does not have long, you know? I, I just go to Barnes and Noble to take a shit <laughs> and, uh, and to just pass time if I'm like going to the stand and I don't want to arrive too early to look like an asshole. Isn't that awful that you create this like amazing book store and you put so much thought into every section and you're like, someone's like, you know what? I'm just going to use your place for the, it's six floors of thought and put Bro, together. You're like, I'm, this is where I, this is where I poo. I should, you should buy books though in the sense like, I don't, I'll go on iBooks. Like when you go on iBooks or your iPhone, do you have books on your iPhone? I have a Kindle. You have a Kindle. All right, so that separates things. It's hard. Phone is like it's it's hard. Kindle for whatever reason's easier on my eyes. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's they try to make it look like paper. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking, uh, you went to Tulane for. I did for a year and, went, and a half. I also went to Tulane. Did we oh, overlap thought, at all? What year were you there? I I uh, I graduated in '09, but I was only there for '05 and some of '06. No, we didn't. I was '98 uh, to '02. Got it. But we both ran into the law there. <laughs> it's hard yeah, not dude. to. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, New Orleans. Well, I was there post-Katrina, so it was weird, man. It was a weird – it probably, wasn't what it was. Yeah, probably felt like kind of now, like in, a, in kind of a sense of like eerie, like off-kilter a little bit, like not normal a little bit, it, right? Or no? It – it's such a uh, segregated city already. So I think after that, like, you know, some uh, the Ninth Ward, which was already super poor, a lot of those areas just didn't come back. So yeah. it was it was weird. Uh, we had a lot of yeah, a lot of run-ins with crime and stuff. I remember the one night we used to go to this bar called Friar Tucks. Remember that bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great bar to just you know for young i'm sure i wouldn't love it now but when i was in college uh it was great we would just get ripped me and all my friends and uh, i still keep in touch with a lot of them that, uh, that was like my my good buddies there and the one night i don't go out with them they get held up at gunpoint damn outside Crazy. the bar walking back which is like two blocks from campus well that's the thing with new orleans like one block is like million dollar mansions the next block they're gonna fucking <laughs> cut your head off i mean that's how so many kids that get fucking hammered and you, you wander away from the quarter from Bourbon yeah. Street, three blocks, and you're fucked, you know? That's how most, it's, like, shit happens. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And uh, I remember I, I hitchhiked home one night. Like, you just didn't think. This was pre-Uber. Like, you just didn't think. <laughs> Dude, we jumped in the back of a truck, a random truck, and it, just, like, bring us to Tulane. Yeah, yeah. We just didn't, we didn't think that it was dangerous. Like, I remember, uh, I mean, pre-Uber, like, it sounds crazy, but 
that was a hard city to get taxis in. Taxis were just not, you'd call a cab and they just would not show up all the time. Was it I like, remember how, how often do, would this happen to you? This happened to me all the time in New Orleans. You'd get in a cab and the person would just be pounding beer, the driver. <laughs> that happened to me like multiple times. Where I'd be like, you're just getting a shit face while you're driving me. And they'd be like, yeah, I don't. You're like, you felt like you, you felt like everyone's on spring break, but it's their, this is their life. That's just their life, dude. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I was a fucking disaster, dude. New Orleans. Were you? Yeah, it was bad. You were I a mean, frat guy there, right? Yeah, I was a pike at two. Damn. And uh, I burnt down the house, uh, my fraternity house. I ever tell you that story? You burnt it down? Yeah. Well, my, it's a long story, but essentially I had a cat with my girlfriend. I've told it on here a long time ago, but I had a cat with my girlfriend and the cat got kicked out of her dorm. She was living in that all girls dorm or whatever. And I don't know what we were thinking, buying this exotic short hair cat to live with her in a dorm. So within two days, it's living with me in the frat house. The end of the year comes by. My, my friends ramsack my room and break my light. Good buddies, you know. And then I put on a construction light to go up to my stairs, you know, go up to like my bunk. And I left this construction light on and I feel like the cat was playing with the cord and the co fucking light fell over. I was out to dinner. And I came back and there were, or out to lunch and there was a fucking 50 foot flame shooting out my window. And I told the girl to keep driving. I was fucking, <laughs> I was just like, let's get out of here. Did the cat make it? So I, she's like, you can't just run away from this. I was like, fine. And I go back and there's like 400 people out there and a firefighter. No one, like, thank God there was only like one person in the house and they got out. The cat brings out, or the firefighter brings out the cat. And it's like, whose cat is this? Who's, and it's dead. And I was oh, like, shit. and I was like, fuck, I was like, everyone's going to know I own a cat. It's like, you know, it's embarrassing. And uh, no, no, it's fucked up. But I was just like, it's my cat. And he's like, what do you want me to do with it? I was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm at, I was a fucking sophomore in college. You know what I mean? Like, and I was just like, do I throw you it traumatized? away? You must have been traumatized by seeing this dead animal. Did you feel a sense of attachment to it or no? I did, but I think. I don't know. I don't know if I'm a sociopath or what, but like nothing hits me that hard. But now, like now I, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? But like that night I went to a warrant. You're like, nothing hits me that hard. Then you just like, this podcast is over. You just start crying hysterically. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, fuck I just jump out the window and just calculating every bad thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, it's that's, pretty sad. That's pretty sad, dude. That's yeah. Fucked up. It was really fucked up. I went to a warrant concert that night and sang Cherry Pie on the <laughs> mic. And, uh, so, <laughs> dude, I was fucked. Dude, New Orleans. <laughs> Your cat dies, just cuts to that night. Life is a highway. <laughs> I want to ride it all night long. <laughs> just living life like I, Casey Anthony. That's one of Nikki's jokes dude, when she got rid so of her many, dogs. So many, a lot. <laughs> that's that's just, yeah, yeah. Well, we, dude, we, um, I remember we, um, a lot of my bits from my special came from Tulane. Like, I remember, so one of them in my new hour, you, you saw it to so the roofie joke. Yeah. Where am I going? Yeah. Roofie. That happened, that was at the Deke frat house. At, uh, to, they, by the way, I remember, so I was, uh, a freshman and they were like bad kids. There was a couple. One of them came to see me at Gotham. He was such a nice guy, this guy Simon. Some of them were so nice, but a couple of them, they they fucked you up the worst as a as a pledge. Was that the rep when you were there? They were a Sigma new, I think, when I was there, and they changed to Deke because they got. They kicked were off. bad kids. Yeah, yeah, we would fight them a lot. <laughs> we really would. We I, I got in a fight with a couple of them. 
But yeah, go well, ahead. I, I didn't join. I didn't join frets. I don't want to be in a fret. I was like, these, I don't, I don't, a lot of these guys, I'm like, well, I don't like these guys. Why would I like, they were like, if you want to be one of us, you have to let us like, I I lived with a kid like in a dorm room who was literally three, slept three feet away from me, those tiny little dorm rooms. And he, he was pledging Pike and they treated him like shit. He would just come home drenched in crab oil. He dipped at, and he would dip and he was too lazy to go to the bathroom. So he would just dip in um like a poland spring bottle yeah or whatever and then one night of course i'm trying to oh. brush my teeth and yeah you know where this is going i i dipped it in this stupid fu- i hate i hated this kid so much uh so anyway i'm at the deke house one night and you know i, I would hang there everyone i you know you just go in there for the free booze so uh i remember they they kind of i hung there a few times so you know i chat with them a lot of them were nice dudes but i could tell they were gonna just turn on me it's like it's like the it's like the business. They're so nice to you for a minute. There's that romance period, and then they just turn on you. And uh, they pull me all downstairs, and they kind of all gathered around me. I'm in a chair, and they're like, "With our first bid, you are our first choice, or whatever." And I was just like, "Oh, this is not for me." And one of them starts clenching his fist, and I was like, "Are you gonna punch me in the face?" And he was just like, "No." And I was like, "Well, then why do you keep clenching your fist?" He was like, "No reason." I think they were like thinking about beating the shit out of me for saying no. Bro, you and, said no right to their face, not like no later? Wow. Well, I just said, well, look, I like I like you guys and all, which was, you know, maybe being a little extra flowery with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's not but you, I it's said, me. I said, look, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to drop out and, and become a stand-up comic. And, and one of them, I remember being like, I believe in you. Right there, he was like, I, I think you're really funny. I think you can do it. And the rest of them were like, looked at him like, fuck this. Like, we should kick his ass for saying that. And uh, yeah, they just, they were pretty, I could tell pretty pissed with me. And then. They were like, well, you can still hang out here because we like you. And I was like, all right. And then I don't know. This happened later. I remember I went there like one last night. We were just dipping around house to house, me and a friend. And I haven't seen this kid since either. But I have a bit about getting roofied accidentally. And some guy handed a girl a drink there. And this is the last time I went there, obviously. But he, she said, I'm too drunk. And I just said, I'll drink it. And he gave me this hateful look. And I was like, why is this guy so mad at me? And then I chugged it. And I, was, I woke up the next morning. I was clearly fucking roofied. Wow. So I have a joke in my act about being like an accidental hero, not knowing that. <laughs> you know, but I, uh, me and this kid woke up. I was like, God, that's insane. It's insane. It's insane that like sexual assault like that was just not a thing. I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't reported. It was just known. They're like, stay away from that frat house. Stay away from there. It, it like. That of course, it was nothing I wanted a part of. So I was like, I'm staying clear. I don't want to be a part of the violence. I don't want to be a part of that shit. I, I never went back. It is weird when you get involved in that culture because Pike had that little bit of that reputation. And like the crazier the guy, the more crazy the stories. And then some of these stories, you'd be like, wait, that's, that's, you should be in jail. <laughs> like, like you're, well, that's like, yeah, I don't know. Later, I left, I remember. Two years after I was there, it was a CNN story. Pike got in trouble for boiling Burning. water on kids. Yeah. Kids. Yeah. Third degree burns and shit. And I remember knowing one of the kids who did it, and I, I never liked them. Yeah. I, I mean, got a bad vibe or out of the gate. They were just fucking muscle bound freaks who I was like, fuck these guys. Like, it. Crab oil. They thought they were like, they thought they were like, you know, they thought they were like good fellows. They thought they were like tough guys. They were like, we fucking, we own this city. We could do, we're, we're movie stars with muscle. Dude, you're a fucking, I, I, my brother was a pike at two. Oh, really? So when I came in, he was a senior, I was a freshman and I wasn't, I didn't really like the guys that much there. I like my guys in my pledge class who I'm still friends with now, 
but like i i definitely did not uh i wasn't i was i partied hard but i wasn't like mr fucking frat like fucking let's do it pike people would get tattoos on their arms and shit like my one buddy got paddled so hard he still has a pie on his ass like it just he just fell against the wall after getting hit in the ass like it just like right away you could see the fucking tattoo and these and are like, your friends these are yeah to be that's your the thing that's the thing like that's i don't he, get it a lot of people are like bonding. he'll take a bullet for me but he also will shit in my mouth like it's like well you know what i mean like they like, think it's like military, but it's like, no, but there was like a purpose to wars usually not. Oh, but like if you're going into war with someone, you bond because you're like, this is horrible. We hope never to live this again. You don't just force someone into that scenario. You don't just be like, this is your fucking partner in the trenches. You're like, all right, what, where are we going? Korea? They're like, no, you're going to the grocery store naked because we don't like you. Yeah. Um, how about, dude, I, so many of those fucking stories. Uh, I remember years later, I saw some of those deep guys. This is the saddest part. Phoebe Robinson used to run a show at uh, this bar on like 50th and 2nd in Midtown East. And it was a bad show. It was never good. She did her best, but it was never a good crowd ever. And it was an ambush show. So the crowds just didn't get... Those who don't know what an ambush show is, it's basically like people will just be at a bar drinking and then someone gets up in the middle of everyone and goes, guys, are you ready for some comedy? And they're like, no, we're here with our coworkers or friends. You know, they don't want... And they just start a show. So every once in a while, someone would go up and have an epic set and just turn them. I was not one of those guys. So <laughs> I go up on stage and uh, there's four people in the crowd and they suck. And they were fucking four deeks. Oh. And they looked at me like, you fucking loser. You left Tulane to pursue oh, this. And you're performing God. for us four who don't even want to see you. And, um, Bro, did you see them before you got on stage? I didn't really put it together until I was on stage. Oh, and my God. So when you look down, you just see the I just, I just said, to, I remember mid said, I said, my career's not going great, but it's going better than this. It, I think I, it was like 2011 or something, and I'd just come off a weekend opening for Jim Jeffries at Caroline's. Mm -hmm. Like, still a friend of mine, and it was a big weekend for me. Like, weekends like that when you're a young comic keep you going. It was six sold-out shows. Jim Jeffries, who's such a brilliant stand-up, and, uh, like, and I was like, you couldn't have been one of the people at that show? I know you had to be, but that's comedy, man. Like it gives you a little and it takes it like, it keeps you humble. It really does. Dude. I had a buddy my first time I was like five months in, I did an hour. I don't know why I didn't have an hour. I might've had three minutes and uh, <laughs> my buddy fucking had me in Orlando at this private. This is my second like worst bomb. Yeah. And I just bombed for an hour in front of like a Republican, like private club where there was no stage. I just followed a band. I wasn't introduced. No oh, one no. even like knew stand-up was coming. And I just like, it was sad. And the only person that laughed was like my good buddy. And, uh, but he like but was laughing need, at me. You need those gigs. You need those war scars. Or those are real war scars. Like a frat is just forced pain. The, the war scars of a comedy bomb, at least like it's, it's good for something. If anything, like, a bad memory, but like it, it makes you grateful for the good times. Well, the beauty is, is those deep, those four deeks, you've had enough like late nights and a lot enough shit where they've had at least two of them saw you do something good. You know what I but mean? Shitty like people, shitty people. I don't know if they were, but there are shitty people that love to pull you down and watch you fail rather than see. I remember I, when I was 21, I did a Friars Club roast and 
I roasted Omarosa, who you might know from The Apprentice or the yeah, yeah. Uh, or Trump's cabinet uh, for a very short-lived amount of time. But uh, he's now he went, head of Corona Task Force, I believe. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it, it went horribly and it went on YouTube and the fucking Friars Club, man, they just didn't get that. It was like, you don't do that to someone you don't do that to a young comic. It was the first clip of mine that came up and I was like, guys, I'm trying to get work. I'm 21. This is killing me. And they were like, we don't see how it's that bad. And I was like, it's the first, like clubs are using it for promo. And then it's like, because they don't look to see if it's bad. They just oh, look cool. We did a Friars Club roast. So I remember a kid I went to high school with a year above me posted like, ha ha, look at this, look at this horrible set or whatever. And it's like, oh, you motherfucker. Like, like that. He, he never posted anything nice about me. You know? No. And they'll go, this is the thing that's fucked up is you'll get a late, you'll know, you have your special on comedy central. They'll go. Yeah. When I saw him though, he, he fucking sucked. You know what I mean? Like they still want that story, you know? Fucking, guess what? Like fucking Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. He had bad games every once in a while. So you think <laughs> that fucking every standup's not, you think we're going to bat a thousand? God damn it, man. Like it's Dude, crazy. I, I remember that same kid then came to New York when I was like two years into New York and uh, he came to an open mic at like Bungus and it was just like, I bombed again. Like I didn't even redeem myself, you know? And like, he's like my ex business partner, like my best friend. He actually just recovered from Corona, whatever. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. But then he saw me at New York comedy club on like a, a good crowd. Finally. A, and I just fucking demolished. He was front row. And I oh, just yeah. was like, it felt so fucking good. You know, you always have like one or two people. I just watched there will be blood last night again. That's yeah, a great movie. Bro, talk about a spite, like a guy that just held on to something. Like, do you have those deep guys, I guess? Do you have someone else that you just like, like what pushes you so hard? I, I, I always wonder that with people that are like so like driven like you. Um, I think just being bad. Like, I, I, first off, I don't want to ever lose it because I see comics who take time off and who lose it. So, of course, this is fucking, like, you know, I see how hard the people I really look up to push themselves and not only that but you know I, I come from a family where you know my brother and sister are lawyers my dad's a lawyer they're all successful and that's a doctor yeah i get it right i mean it, friend, yeah it, they work and i kind of look at it like well if they work that hard why am i not working like i always didn't understand people that didn't treat comedy like a job it's my it's my only job it's my source of income and why would i not give it everything and also i I know this means nothing to other people, but to me, you know, my legacy, whatever, but like, I want to have a body of work when it's all said and done. I don't want to just leave nothing behind. Yeah. So I think that's a reason I, I try to get on so many late nights just so like if some freak accident happened, you could at least <laughs> look me up and be like, Oh, he did some funny stuff, you know? So, uh, that I, I have a real fear of failure. Yeah. I mean, who it's, uh, I feel like I went the other way throughout my 20s, like my dad being a doctor, my brother being extremely successful. And I was like, well, I'll, I made a lot of money on like one deal, like in real estate and then like lost everything. So I was depressed and all throughout my 20s, I was just like, yeah, I'll just be a fuck up. You know, I'll just be, that's my role. You know what I mean? And then stand up changed everything with my, you my saw yourself role. as You saw yourself as like a black sheep. So you kind of embraced that role. Like, yeah. you're like, I'm not just going to be a black sheep. I'm going to be the black sheep. <laughs> the I did a similar thing. When I, yeah. when I was young, I, I, I did the same thing. Yeah, you lean into that. I mean, lazy yeah. is a choice. Like, being lazy and being, like, highly motivated, they're both strong choices. 
to be the lead. Yeah. You know what I mean? To do nothing. I mean, it takes somewhat of talent, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. uh, or you're lazy until you figure out what you want to do, you know? And that's the hard thing to like, uh, when someone's very successful, like my dad being a doctor, I'm like, no, I just haven't found what I want yet. You know, <laughs> then I'll push myself, you know? Yeah. And I remember he goes, yeah, a lot of people want to play third base for the Yankees. When I told him I wanted to be a stand up <laughs> and you know, I mean, yeah. he's still right. You know, <laughs> it's not no. the best comparison though, because, because there's only one third baseman for the Yankees and there's so many working standups. <laughs> That's true. That is a good point. You I know? guess my dad, I guess like a very successful standup. Like we're not all A-Rod. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a lot of comics who are just like working the road, making a decent living. You mean done steroids and threatened a man's life? (laughs) I saw Trump was like going to him for Corona (laughs) Intel. And I'm like, A-Rod? What the fuck does he know? He knows about sticking a needle in his ass, but that's about it. I mean, thank God Trump has this one doctor that's been on literally 9,000 shows. Have you seen this guy? He's like worked to death. Yeah, he's like, he's just like, at this point, he's just like, I think he's going to die of like stress. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like, I don't, yes. uh, Like, they just throw him in there. I don't think he's slept in six years. Um, I saw him go on Steph Curry's Instagram Live, which I thought was so cool because you're just reaching a whole different group of people. Like, it's so smart to do that. That is a good point. Yeah. And I mean, it is, uh, what do you think about like all these celebrities now on TikTok, like with their kids, like they're still like dying for the attention, like the well, song, the Imagine song. Oh, I know. I'm with you. That I, was brutal. The Imagine song just feels like <laughs> just celebrities being tone deaf, you know, like, I, yeah, it, it's tough because even if your intentions are good, like, what does that do? Like, it, like, it's not, it's still like this elite club of like, look at us. It's not like. It's not, it, does that do any good? They're like, we're singing Imagine. Also, like, Imagine is a ridiculous song. You know, like, it's, Imagine there's no fucking, like, everything. It, it's just a, it's a, it's a song that's, like, my friend Ronan Hirschberg is a great joke. He says Bernie Sanders. Uh-huh. is like, the, if the song Imagine ran for president. Which is such <laughs> I a love Ronan. He's a really good friend of mine. I love him. So funny. Such a Dude, funny guy. Yeah, but he really. Anyway, yeah. you know, that song is, like, just, it's a ridiculous. The lyrics are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You break imagine down, we like, gave donations. You know, <laughs> like I just imagine them going, who else is on the song? Like talking to their agent. Like, so like what, who else is on the song? Like, am I going to look bad? Like, I, I bet you that was yeah. a real conversation. Like I'll do it. If, you know, if Hanks is on, if Tom Hanks is on, I'll, I'll be, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there is that conversation, you it's, know, it just felt like pretty tone deaf and it feels like, Sometimes you just need them. I don't know. Like a lot of these actors, I tweeted something yesterday about like, you never realize it took a global, did it take another, did it really have to take a global pandemic to realize that, uh, that actors desperately need writers, you know, like they need handlers. They need people to take care of them because, because they, they have that need for attention, but then no direction now. So it's like, they're just out. It's like every time you hear an actor give a speech, like, fuck, I love Brad Pitt and Joaquin Phoenix, but you hear him give speeches and you're like, these are not, these need they need writers you need well, a writer Brad Pitt for had like, writers he hired joke writers for his speech for his last like um quentin tarantino that movie one whatever yeah, was a great, movie. Time. Yeah. great movie but yeah. he had writers like if you notice his speeches have a couple punchlines his latest ones whatever i mean how happy are the astros right now the astros <laughs> you know what i mean like they were yeah they really like, got away with it 
bro, maybe they're in on this, you know? Yeah. I think Bregman might have fucking, you know? I don't know. It started with a bat. Come on now. Ayo. <laughs> Great joke. Uh, no, but for Look, real, man. Like, it, like, what do you think it, about that? Do you think they should have lost their championship? I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I think, um, I think it's pretty shitty that they did that. I also, it seems like every baseball player about is so furious about it that there's got to be, it's got to be legit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I feel like it, even with the Patriots, they're like, yeah, they cheated, but it's fucking the Patriots, you know. But with the Astros, people in baseball are so mad. Yeah, I mean, but I do feel like. A lot of them, there's been sign stealing for years. I mean, but, uh, I don't get how you don't do it. If you have cameras out there, right? Like, why would you not try to put it together? (laughs) Well, the problem is, is that they were successful. Like they won the world series. Like if they didn't win, I don't think it ever would have gotten brought up. You know what I mean? If the Knicks were stealing other teams plays right now, they'd be like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're cool. Right. But you're right. It's about success. Yeah, if the Knicks fucking stole and just lost every game, it would be the best. It's like when I, the, yeah, I cheated. I remember good examples. <laughs> I cheated in uh in college at Tulane, and and uh I didn't show up for a test, and the and the teacher was nice enough to let me take it on my own, and I brought the book in, and I still failed it. You know what I mean? Like I had wow, the book. That's hilarious. <laughs> so it's like the Knicks with like a camera. You know what I mean? Like if you suck, you suck. You know. I don't know. Yeah, it's funny. Well, you brought up Daniel Day-Lewis for, like, There Will Be Blood. And I always think about, it, like, everyone's like, Daniel Day-Lewis prepared for the role. And it's like, but you only hear that shit with good actors. Like, you never, I've never heard them be like, you know, for a whole month, Rob Schneider was a European <laughs> gigolo. You know, you, you only hear it with the good stuff. <laughs> I love him going method for that. Like, no, guys, I'm finally taking it serious, you know? Like, him talking to Adam. Yeah. Like, like, I know, like, no, like, they're all like, Rob, just fucking be you, dude. Like we don't need you to like put on an accent. No, no, I'm, I'm doing it this time. Like <laughs> you it's can't so go stupid, to serious. Right? Like your friends won't take you seriously. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, Sandler did. I mean, you, I'm sure you watched that latest uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> I love movies. I see movies are already like my escape. Thank. So why not write a movie during this, bro? Well, yeah, maybe I should. Man, shit. I don't know. Have you ever read a movie? Have I? I've written a lot of pilots. I wrote a movie when I was like 18, but it's not good. Or no, I was like 20, but it, it's not good. But I yeah. wrote, um, I wrote a bunch of like pilots. Never a movie. I think it's time. No one. Bro. Everyone always told me it was like no one will make your movie. So why are you even making it? Why even well, writing it? I mean, that's like the age-old thing of like, well, if no one else is doing it, you know what I mean. Then if everyone's hearing that and abiding to it, then there's, you don't have a lot of competition. But the problem is the kind of movie you want to make isn't going to be like an Avengers style movie. It'll probably be more like Woody Allen-ish probably, right? Probably. I don't know. Though. Who the fuck knows, man? I, I, yeah, I guess. I, uh, <laughs> Woody Allen, I could say everything I love has like been taken away. It's so fucking, you know, like Woody Allen, I, I was like my guy growing up. And you're like, you kind of can't like him anymore. He just fucking... Like, it's so, it's so crazy that he just, like, he's, like, like can you create a movie? Like, oh, this guy's my hero. And then you're, like, he probably molested his daughter. And you're, like, fuck, I can't have Woody Allen. You know, like. I feel the same way like, about Mel Gibson, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a crazy story about Mel Gibson, dude. I heard a story that um, I know a guy who's an editor who worked on a movie with him and told yeah. me he, uh, 
he said, um, like he got hammered one night and he just, the second he got hammered, he just turned to him and goes, who do you think benefited from 9-11 more than the Jews? That was the first thing he said drunk. Oh my God. And you're like, that's the type of drunk he is, right? Like he, I do, I love Mel Gibson too. Like Lethal Weapons to shit. I, I love those movies growing up. Like, Have you I, seen Apocalypto? No, I heard it's great. Bro. That should be your next movie you should watch with Taylor. Speaking I, of but that. That's the problem is I can't really, I don't really want to get into him. That's the thing is like, I don't want to like him. Ah, but I know, but I, I'm apparently, a Jew and I know he, I know he hates Jews. So it's kind of tough, but maybe I should. I don't know. Apparently he has, rec- <laughs> he has put that in his past. I mean, Shia LaBeouf, who's Jewish is apparently friends with him and went to oh, really? him for the honey boy. And I that feel was like a great Shia- movie. Dude, I've seen it three times. I fucking it's, love that movie. Do you hate yourself? Why would you do that to yourself three times? I mean, it's I don't so, know. it is great. I don't know why. I don't know why. I yeah, I'm a sucker for those kind of movies. Um, it was heavy. Um, but uh, you know, it probably did get over killing my cat. I don't know. That's probably why. I Dude, watched I can't it. believe you killed a cat. I didn't kill the cat. The cat. Let's not throw the cat you know. commits suicide. The, the, the guy holding up the cat is like, the bad news is he's dead. The good news is he did leave a note. <laughs> he left a note. He, uh, he wanted this to happen. I never wanted to be a pike. <laughs> I don't want What if that was the, the greatest, like the greatest trick he ever pulled? Uh, it was a different cat that burned alive. You can't tell because no one checked the dental records. So that cat killed another cat. And then he made his escape, but it was like Kaiser Sose the way he made an escape. Like it was like a limp. And then he started walking correctly. Yeah. And now he's a deke. And he's like, finally, I'm in the frat I always wanted to be. <laughs> and then he just fucking, and then he gave you the pledge. Fucking what? Do you, um, you ever see this, you ever see ahead, this movie called Monkey Shines? No. It's a horrible movie from the 1980s. I kind of love it. But uh, it's based on a Stephen King book, I think. And it's uh, about a guy who's like jacked. He's really handsome. Everything's going right in his life. And then he gets hit by a truck and he's paralyzed. And um, he's paralyzed from the neck down. And they get him a monkey helper who can take care of him. It's a little <laughs> monkey. And the monkey, uh, he, <laughs> he's like incredible. The monkey can do everything he wants. And then everyone in this guy's life starts fucking him over. Like his girlfriend starts fucking Stanley Tucci. Who's in it. It's like so many great things. And, and he's like so madly and he's so mad that the, the monkey's like, I'm going to avenge you because the monkey gets too close to him and the monkey starts murdering everybody. And he's like, no, stop killing everyone in my life. Wait, so becomes- how's he killing them? How's he killing people? In hilarious ways. Like <laughs> yeah. one person's taking a bath and he throws a toaster in it. In the life okay. Of the gotcha. The yeah. Monkey's, the monkey's amazing. And so anyway, <laughs> It's is it CGI? Seeing. I did Sean Don. No, it's like the 80s, dude. It's ridiculous. I saw it. I saw it. And I did uh, Sean Donnelly's podcast and we mm-hmm. talked about it. And Sean was like, this is a, an insane movie that you made me watch. Yeah, that movie got made. Your movie will get made is my point. Uh, Write that fucking movie. How about this? Uh, a bat gets accused of coronavirus uh, having it. And then uh, he runs for mayor of New York. And he wins, the and bat. you go, and you get drowned by his kid. But the bat's got so much bad PR. You're like, this guy started. One of his ancestors started the virus, and he's just like, that's hearsay. He's like, his bat, he's like a little bat wing, like a politician thumb. And he's like, listen, people. Fucking what? Um. So you're gonna start speaking of movies, though. You're gonna start a podcast with your girlfriend. Taylor uh, and I are gonna do a podcast because every relationship you know, you get into, I, there's definitely movies. I'm like, you should see this movie. It's important to me that you see this movie. So it's called, this is important to me. 
And she's made me watch like first two episodes. We put up an episode and the sound was off. So we were pulling it. It was Austin Powers because she's never seen any 90s or 80s comedies that I loved. Wow. So we're going to either redo that one or just drop it. So the first ep is going to be Goodfellas, which she's never seen. I, the second ep is Singing in the Rain, which I've never I got to give it Singing to her. Dude, it's a great fucking movie. Yeah. I got to give it to her. It's such a good movie. It's And the AFI's top 100 is number 10. So it's like, it's got cred. It's yeah. Gene Kelly in his prime just fucking shit up. It's and so Goodfellas good. Goodfellas is probably one of my favorite top five movies. I mean, my favorite scene ever is, is when he hits the guy with the gun when he walks across the street. Oh, yeah. That was badass. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Wasn't that crazy? Oh, fuck. That movie is so good, dude. I yeah, it's know. a great movie. And we, I think the uh, third episode is going to be Beverly Hills Cop, which she she uh, she loved. Thank God. Eddie Murphy. She not, she's never seen any Eddie Murphy movies. I was like, well, let's break in with his youngest. I think that was his youngest role. And then we did... Um, next one is going to be... I've never seen any Harry Potter movies, so we're doing that. And then five is going to be Chinatown because I'm a big noir guy. And I feel like that's a good way to get in. I've made her watch like Out of the Past and other like classic noirs, Double Indemnity and shit. But uh, she's never seen Chinatown. Dude, young Jack Nicholson. He was fucking awesome. Faith Dunaway. I'm trying to think if I ever saw fucking Chinatown. You recommended watch, watch a movie. Chinatown, dude. Watch I forget it, where me. you recommended a movie. Also made by a, a sexual uh, predator, Roman Polanski. So. Oh, well, then you know I'm in. I mean, as long as he hated Jews, too. Um, you know what? I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'll look into it. I mean, it's... it's uh, what um you recommended a movie back in the day i think it was oh i know what it was it was um with dustin hoffman he played um a handicapped guy and uh was that me i thought it was you and what's his name comes in uh he's angelina jolie's dad is in it uh something cowboy midnight cowboy yeah Fuck, isn't that a great movie do you love that movie i feel like you recommended it and i went and i bought it on youtube and i fucking loved it I love those kind of movies. Give me like two characters, five characters. Isn't that movie incredible? Dude, dude, the, the soundtrack is epic too, man. God damn. Fucking I was just um, talking to Gary Goldman about that movie because, uh, God, I don't know, remember the main like, everybody's talking at me, at that me. song. He, I forgot the guy who sang it, but he, Goldman's HBO special opens with a song by that guy. And he's like, yeah, it's not as good as Midnight Cowboy, that song. I was like, yeah, but it's a good song. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah. Midnight Cowboys, epic, dude. New York, when it was seedy and gross. Bro, there was another movie, uh, uh, something of uh, West, something of the village, Pope of uh, West Village. Greenwich Village. Yeah. I told you to see that? No, but I, someone, Frank Terranova, I don't know if you know who that is, but. I know he, Frank, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he recommended them, and I've, that's another movie. movie that's fucking phenomenal. I mean, we could keep going. Young Mickey Rourke, it, but dude. Yeah. How fucking hot was Mickey Rourke, man? <laughs> I'd blow Sexy him now. Guy. Yeah, I don't want to go that far, but (laughs) young Mickey Rourke, I mean, one of the first movies that was like a hot watch for me when I was a kid, that's that's my coded word for uh, first masturbatory experiences, was nine and a half weeks, young Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, who was hot. Oh, she was the best, dude. She, I saw uh, Ireland Basinger, her daughter. She's like six seven. She was at the roast of Alec Baldwin. Six seven? Like she literally is like no bullshit, like six two, like. Oh, fucking wow. like legs for days and then uh what you would call it what was the sound uh, like a pimp you gotta yeah. see this legs for days i'm gonna oh. send you my girl legs for days is a name 
I was thinking of something else before that, but uh, fuck me. Uh, whatever. No, dude, anyways. I, so that's Mickey Rourke. You know, it's another cool one from the 80s. I don't know if you're into like weird shit, but like he's in this movie with De Niro called uh, Angel Heart and Lisa Bonet is in it too. It's, it's, that's a cool Mickey Rourke movie from the 80s. You know what's a uh you know what my first jerk off movie I think was and a lot of guys our age blown away, but not the, the not the Dustin Hoffman one. It was Nicole Eggart. Remember her? Yeah, I remember she was really hot. That's so funny. You're like the first person I ever jerked off to was Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I mean, it, wasn't it wasn't Dustin Hoffman. There was there was another movie called Blown Away where uh fuck he was the other actor that's like he was he played the. This is how I go back to Hoosiers. He played the, the the assistant coach who would get really fucking drunk and everyone got mad at him. I don't remember. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen Hoosiers in so long. I loved it as a kid. Gene Hackman, Barbara Hershey. I don't I remember who the third was. Why the be- know the best part about that Hoosiers story? They lost what? that last game to the black people, to the black team. Yeah. They just changed. Yeah. <laughs> Did they? Oh, in real life, they lost. Yeah, in the movie, I remember them winning. No, the movie, they won. <laughs> Yeah, with underhanded free throws and fucking running jump shots and shit. And that dude was the best player on the team, apparently, in real life. You know those dudes, those dudes who could, but those dudes who could just shoot from fucking anywhere, you know, they could win. I know that like the black teams would have destroyed them, but, but like, but like, come on, man, like those young teams who could, we've played pickup with those types of dudes who they could just hit it from anywhere. And you're like, all right, dude, this is so annoying. They're like fucking Reggie well, Miller. They, tr- like they literally thing. trained with like a, an old milk carton and a milk crate. And they're like fucking yeah. like, you know, Larry Bird, like playing on dust, you know, playing on dirt, you know. And so then they get indoors and they're like, this. it's like a surfer, sh- like surfing in Florida on shitty waves and then going to Hawaii and being like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I'm pretty good on these. Like I could handle this. Yes. You know, that's yeah. What- Hoosiers was epic. Fuck, man. Oh, I could talk. Old- See, that's why yeah. I'm pumped to do this. podcast because there's movies like detective type stuff man like it's just as cool as it gets like it's badass uh Roman Polanski John Houston is in it it's it's fucking crazy it's a crazy movie well I'm excited for it and people need to definitely check it out and where can they yeah man I know I'm like losing you on the very last fucking minute of this thing Unreal. I'm here man okay cool um where can they find you? And uh, and uh, they'll definitely uh, check out his special on YouTube for sure. Yeah, I got a special on YouTube. It's just just YouTube Sam Morell is probably the first thing that comes up. You could follow me on Instagram or whatever. It's S-A-M-M-O-R-R-I-L and, and wherever I'm on all those dumb things now. And I'm posting stuff with my mom or I'm telling her bits. <laughs> I'm posting clips with my girlfriend and, and the podcast is coming soon. I'm just trying to stay busy, man. I miss stand-up so much. It's so funny because it's like, you would be like the last person to be like a, uh, uh, like an Instagram comedian. You know what I mean? Like we used to always be like, Oh, I don't want to be that kind of comic, you know? And you're just, but you're destroying it. Like I think you're doing whatever you got to do. You got to fucking do so. And I I appreciate your time and, uh, you got to do it. And dude, I hope to see you in New York. This is fun as hell talking to you. I miss you. It was great to see you. Yeah. I miss you too, buddy. All right, man. Good luck out there. Get put that finger in the pinky or the finger in the <laughs> pussy. I don't know. Whatever. Put the pinky in the asshole. All right. It's a good deal. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, dude. Later, Brusky. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Everybody now puddles, puddles. 
Everybody get up because you get down. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. If you're getting too close, you know you're getting wet. You're standing in deep, you're getting real wet. You ain't that deep because you're kind of shallow. Shallow in the brain and shallow in your heart. You'll never get that deep inside the water, girl. You'll never get that deep. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. Puddles, puddles. This episode of Puddles was recorded at Remember to Be Happy Studios. Production by Becky Rodriguez and Tanner Williams. That's Human Places, The Ease of Three, and Lil Kinky 69.